everyone, and welcome to Dallas Hoops Fancast, a podcast for Mavs fans. I'm your host, Sydney, and I'm here with my co-host, Martin. Hey, guys. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Dallas Hoopscast. I'm at underscore Sydney Myers. Martin is at Martin L. Myers. You can listen to new episodes and read exclusive articles at DallasHoopscast.com. Um, we're talking about the game. So the Mavs just lost to the Miami Heat, 118-126. to 126. Uh, it was on the road. It was, there were some ups and downs in this game. And unfortunately, the final down <laughs> is what got them. I, I thought, well, they, they got off to kind of a slow start, um, but slowly turned things around, took the lead, but then um, just couldn't really bring it home. Yeah, I thought, I mean, the the game was tied at the end of one, at 31-all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that second quarter is where I think the zone defense that the Heat were throwing out there really yeah. kind of bothered the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. And in that quarter, the Heat outscored the Mavs 32 to 24. Yeah. And I think they just struggled a little bit in that first half with that zone. I felt in the second half, it was fine. They were able to to score at will, and especially in that third quarter where they scored 38 points. So I think I think overall their offense was fine. 118, that's about what they averaged. So it's not like that zone bothered them all that much other than that second quarter. But that second quarter provided the heat for, to go on a nice run. Yeah. And well, sorry. Yeah, finish. and they had to figure some things out because when we were watching them in that second quarter, it was, they didn't know what to do. It yeah. was really slow. They, it was like a college game where that's they were just passing it around too. the perimeter over yeah. and over and over until somebody finally got an open, an open shot. But... It sucks, you know. Uh, yeah, one of the stories of the game for me is the zone defense because, like you said, the Mavs didn't really know what to do against it. And Carlisle talked about that after the game. Mm-hmm. He said that that was, that was on him. He just needs to get them better prepared to, to attack it and to handle it. Um, but like you said, they figured out a way to kind of handle it in the third quarter. They finished the third quarter with a 19-5 to run in like the final four minutes. And they took a lead. And then, um, you know, I, I think that the zone defense did come back and bother them, but it was the bench. And, well, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, but that counts. I mean, that's still the team. The, the starters seemed to figure it out. They made the right adjustments, but the bench did not figure it out. And so when the bench came in in the fourth quarter, it was like a disaster. And that's the other story of the game for me is mm-hmm. that fourth quarter run um, when the Heat was it a fourteen zero run? Is that I right? Think, I thought I saw that from somebody. I mean, whatever I, it was, it was ridiculous. Yeah, they were up by five, and then they were down by like ten within in like two, two minutes. and a half minutes. And the the bench overall, this is two games in a row where the opposing team's bench has just destroyed ours. Tonight was forty two to seventeen, I think, or to oh, okay. sixteen. The Heat bench to the Mavs bench. And really, with the Spurs game, that's really why the Spurs were able to fight their way back into the game because their bench just destroyed our little bench. And this this unit of Berea, DeLon... It was uh, Berea, Hardaway, DeLon, uh, Maxi, and... I guess we had probably, Kid Gilchrist there yeah, in the first half. Yeah, I think it half, was Kid Gilchrist. But he didn't play really in the Maybe second Finney half. Maybe Finney-Smith. Yeah, Finney-Smith played a lot with the bench. Yeah. But DeLon and Berea don't have the same type of chemistry. And, you know, Berea is, 
you know, he's got to have to learn how to play again with now all of a sudden he's just just getting minutes yeah. all the time. But whatever it is, that unit doesn't have it. And it's two games in a row where we've stuck that unit together and, and threw them out there and said, hey, figure it out. And they got destroyed in both games. So they're going to have to figure yeah. something out with that bench unit. What's interesting to me about it is that you have Hardaway and Berea out there, which I think that that brings offense and playmaking, and I think they can play well off of each other. But Hardaway, when he's not out there with Luca or Porzingis, he kind of disappears. And, and I don't know, I don't know if that's mentally, but whatever it is, he just like as a player does not have an impact. Well, on paper, they should work well together. Yeah, yeah. But it's just there's nothing going on out there when it's yeah. Like, I I don't know why. Me neither. I whatever yeah. <laughs> it is, it's just it's just not working with that unit. So I don't know what the Mavs are gonna have to do now that Curry is a starter and Brunson is out. I don't know if you stagger a little bit of the minutes or maybe you and I don't wanna do this, but maybe you have to bring Curry off the bench. Mm-hmm. And not because Curry is underperforming. I mean the dude dropped thirty seven points tonight in a career high, like ten of twelve shooting. It was a ridiculous night. Yeah. But you have no offense. In yeah. that second unit. And the defense in that second unit is even worse. They can't stop anybody for their life. Yeah. I mean, again, it's like you have DeLon Wright, Kleba, and Kid Gilchrist coming off the bench. You would think that defense wouldn't be a problem. But just like we're talking yeah. about with the offense, I felt like with Hardaway and Berea, offense shouldn't have been a problem, yeah. but it was. Just for some reason, on paper, it looks fine. Yeah. But there's just it's no just chemistry there. It's just not working. And yeah. I think that ultimately was the reason why the Mavs lost the game. Yeah, Porzingis and Lucas struggled in the first half. I feel like, like I said, yeah. I think that was a result of the zone in that second quarter. Mm-hmm. And Luca's clearly not right with the that thumb. thumb. Yeah. yeah, the thumb. Like Jet, Jason Terry said in the post game, he's never seen Luca get the ball stripped out of his hands. Yeah. And that is so true. He's usually so strong with the ball that he's able to finish these drives with layups, but he has no strength in that left hand, so he's losing the basketball. Yeah, I mean, he had six turnovers, which, I mean, in the last game he had... Yeah, yeah, but it was just watching the game. Mm -hmm. I've never seen him lose his handle that much or get stripped or even if he didn't lose it or get a turnover it would just it got a little sloppy and it was like you could tell the thumb was really bothering him um there was sometimes like they would show a replay and he would go up for a layup with both hands but you could tell he was kind of like gingerly bringing Mm -hmm. the left hand up so i think it's definitely bothering him i mean he started in the first half he went one for seven and had six points and i mean it was just clear that the thumb is and because the whole game, his shot just was not falling. He went seven for seventeen, but I thought he played well. I mean, I thought he took considering good shots. the circumstances. I, yeah, yeah, I thought he played really well, but the shots he was getting, as good as they were, they just weren't going in. Yeah, and I, I think the thumb had a lot to do with that. And then again, you know, not calling fouls is going to yeah. hurt too. But you know, I also think his ankle. He, it may not be hurting him, but he clearly doesn't yeah. trust it. Yeah, because he's just doesn't have that explosiveness and yet the the officiating you know we we could we've talked about it before he's just not going to get the whistle yeah and and we're all going to have to move on and he's going to have to move on because you'll see the most physical defense played on him and they are allowed to get away with whatever and then on the other end of the court it'll be ticky tack and they blow the whistle it's like well how come you can't just give that to luca over on the other side but they're not going to do it so we just yeah. got to move on from it because it, uh, either way, we'll just be pulling our hair out. Yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, you know, I don't know how long it's going to take for the thumb to heal. It's definitely a problem. He still had 23 points and 10 assists, actually. But, you know, he only had four rebounds. Yeah, I think And I overall, think that says a lot, too, about the thumb. I think overall he played well enough for the Mavericks to win. But yeah. he's going to have to tailor his game a little bit because, again, he keeps getting stripped. He can't go to his left. Yeah. He's kind of forced to go to his right. But he'll figure it out, you know. And, and the Heat, let's give the Heat credit. They're, oh, they're 21 and yeah. 4 now at home. So to just expect the Mavs to go in there and beat them as if it's another night is just not really realistic. And especially the Heat got destroyed, or yeah. uh, not destroyed, but they, they lost, lost to, to the, the Timberwolves, Timberwolves yeah. on their home court after they were leading the game. So, you know, they, they came out with fire and a passion and. And they just beat us. Yeah, I, I think that this was a really well-coached game by Spolstra. The zone defense, the way that they executed it, the times when they like um, intensified their defense or changed it up a little. I mean, I, I just thought it was a really well-coached game. And again, you know, like you said, I think Luca played well enough for them to win. Obviously, the thumb and all of that, the shot wasn't falling. But I mean, like I said, the the shots were good. He made good passes. They just wouldn't drop for him. But yeah. really, I think the whole team played well enough to win. It was just that stretch by the bench in the fourth quarter. And usually I don't point to like this one little stretch or whatever. But to me, it was like... It changed the whole direction yeah. of the game. When like, that happened, it was just over because yeah. you went from a five-point lead to like a five-point deficit in like two minutes. And then the the heat at that point, then they have the lead then they tighten up their defense so it's even harder for you to come back. Plus, they have confidence. The crowd is into it. That stretch just changed everything. Yeah, it's not even losing the score. It's The Mavericks were playing with a sense of force. Yeah. They were inserting their will on the heat. And yeah. they were saying, hey, we hear you're really good at home, but we're coming in here and we're going to beat you. And that's what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of mindset that they had going into that fourth quarter. And literally in two minutes... It completely changed the whole mindset of the game. It's like you can't expect the Mavericks, you can't expect the starters to come back from a 10-point deficit again yeah. on on an opposing team's court. So the Heat are really good. They're especially good at home. And the Mavericks had a chance to win the game. And their bench just didn't do a very good job there in the fourth, and they lost it. We'll move on. So here's a question, you know, talking about that stretch, because I do think that was crucial like there's a lot of things we could talk about with the game but i think that was crucial do you think that's more um coaching or is it more you know those players are nba players they need to be able to play and hold a lead or is it equal on both i don't really know i think it is two games in a row where that uh, our bench has just not been very good yeah. and typically the mavericks have one of the best benches in the league so it's a little weird to see them struggling so much I think it's too early to to say. I mean, again, the Heat are good, and yeah. they were at home, and that and tonight just wasn't their night. the The Mavericks bench. There's games like that. There's games where the starters just aren't playing well, and and the coach will just bring in the entire bench unit like five minutes into the game because yeah. he's already tired of what he's seeing. So sometimes there's nights that way. I'm just a little concerned that it's back-to-back -back nights with this bench unit. Yeah, I think, you know, like you said, Carlisle could try to stagger things mm -hmm. or, or maybe bring Curry off the bench, and he might do that in the next game. But for these two games, you know, without having that data and just 
you know, having to try it out first, there wasn't, you know, you got to play those guys and they're professionals. They have mm-hmm. to be able to go out there and play and they just didn't. And also, again, losing Brunson hurts. Justin Jackson has become unplayable. Thank God. I don't <laughs> think Justin Jackson's the answer. Yeah. Um, Michael Kidd Gilchrist has, I think he's been pretty good on defense, but offensively he looks like a rookie out there. He's still he's clearly... definitely not playing with confidence. Yeah, clearly yeah. not comfortable. And yeah, I agree, not playing with confidence. So off the bench, the only offense you have... The only playmakers you have are Berea and Wright. And, you know, let's be honest, that's not great. Well, and then you have Kleba, but... Wright has kind of disappeared. He has moments. Yeah. And then he goes for five games where he does yeah. nothing. And, and I just don't know if he's a long-term answer for consistent minutes off your bench. Thankfully, they're not paying him very much. So, And I think he, he can produce, mm-hmm. but you can't rely on him every night. Yeah. You don't know if he's going to have a really good night or not. It's just chances are he's going to have a bad night, but then he may have a great night and win the game for you. But you can't rely on him. Yeah. I also don't think you can bench Seth after this game. Well, not after this game. You, you yeah. just can't. So I well, think. Well, yeah. I was just thinking to your point about how they don't have enough offense off the bench. I think they got to stagger <laughs> their minutes a little bit. Yeah. Um, I guess Carlisle is just determined to play. Porzingis and Doncic on the court together at the same time, which I get because yeah. when they're on the court at the same time together, they're really, 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 really good, like unbelievably good. So you you might as well just get as much out of that during their minutes while they're out there. Yeah. But I think Curry could be staggered a little bit. Uh, Her, uh, Hardaway is, again, he's another one of those guys that if he's on, he's on. If he's off, he's he's not. He can't really make a basketball play. At least Curry can make a play off True. out of a pick and roll. Well, and like I said, I, I mean, and I don't have the data. I should probably look it up. But I, I don't think Hardaway plays very well with bench units because yeah. he becomes... He doesn't get open shots. Yeah, he becomes their best player. And we know what that looks like. That's mm-hmm. the Knicks and the Hawks. You know, it's just, it's not good. And, and that's what he becomes. And so... He can't really like you would think. Oh, Hardaway is averaging whatever twenty points a game. Just have you know stagger his minutes to where he plays with a bench unit, but it just, it doesn't work. It's, it's a another one. Player. Yeah, it's yeah. another one of those things where it sounds good on paper, but it just doesn't work. Yeah. And that's got to be as a coach. It's like you have all these things that should work, but they just don't. But I mean, like tonight, Porzingis played thirty nine minutes. Mm-hmm. Luca played thirty eight. Hardaway played thirty seven. Curry played thirty six. I mean, they. Again, and, that's another thing that the Mavericks do not like doing is playing people over 35 minutes a night. Yeah. And it's back-to-back games. They've had to do that because the bench unit is such a negative. Yeah. Our starters are great. They're they're taking, like in the Spurs game, they got a huge lead. Uh, in this game, they, they took the lead going into the fourth. Mm-hmm. But the bench unit just has just been atrocious yeah. the last two games. Well, and without Brunson, it's... I mean, they don't have a lot off their bench right now unless Carlisle plays Jackson and hopefully you get a good Justin Jackson game or he plays Courtney Lee and hopefully yeah. you get a good Courtney Lee and game. And we haven't it's, seen a good Justin yeah. Jackson game in, in a long time. His floater has just abandoned him. And that was the only thing he could do. So if it's not going in, then it's kind of just... Um, that's So, I mean, obviously... That stretch was a killer. The zone defense, I thought, really hurt them too. I do want to talk about Curry because, I mean, he had a career-high 37 points. 
I think over the uh, the last 10 games, he's averaging like 18 or 19 points mm-hmm. or more. I mean, he's just been great, especially as a starter. Um, and he's, do you think he's good enough to be a long-term Mav? Like, do you want oh, him yeah. to be here for a while? I, I would rather have Curry long-term than Hardaway. Because oh, even if Curry comes off the bench, I still feel like he can impact. I mean, Curry has been on a playoff team at least. <laughs> True. Other than Hardaway. The, my biggest problem with Hardaway has nothing to do with his offense, his defense. He gets lost yeah. on defense too many times where he's just he's just standing there. And it's like, dude, what, what are you doing? Your guy's over there in the corner and you are helping on on Luca's guy, yeah, where there's Luca there's doesn't no even help need help. Needed. He yeah. stayed in front of his guy, and Hardaway yes. came off of a knockdown shooter, Duncan Robinson. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? But this is this has been a and and I really like Hardaway, and I think the Mavs like Hardaway. Yeah, but his defense is just too bad. Yeah, it's it's just not good enough. Now, if you can get better defense around him, and they can become a consistent consistently good defensive team great but curry at least knows where to be he may not be the best one-on-one defender but he doesn't make stupid mental mistakes that leave guys wide open um is this do you think this is a a good um assessment curry is more versatile than hardaway as a player and then even if you zero in on offense he is i mean but the the difference with Hardaway though, Hardaway can get his shot off, no matter what. That's true. And Curry, because he's a little bit shorter, he doesn't jump very high. He has a kind of a slower release. He doesn't create the same kind of separation on his his own jumper. It's like the Mavs need both. Yeah, they need both right now with what they have. But as far as long term, I I don't know. I I wouldn't pay Hardaway uh, way too much. The problem with the Mavs have a lot of guys who should be like a team's fourth or fifth best player, and they all kind of step in every once in a while mm-hmm. as like the third best player or something. And it's like, you know, I talk about how hard, like you only get five spots. Hardaway he takes up one, but he actually takes up two because you have to make up for his lack of defense. So now you've invested two spots just so you can have Hardaway on the court or Curry. Yeah. So it's like, ideally, you would have one guy at each spot, and he is the perfect guy for that spot. But the Mavs have yeah. a bunch of guys where it's like, okay, we have to make up for this with these two other guys, and we have to do, you know, and it's just kind of, it doesn't always work. In my personal opinion, I think Curry, although he's not averaging the points per game that Hardaway is, and he doesn't have a lot of games like this where he's just completely on fire like Hardaway can have, I think Curry's just the better player overall mm. and mainly because of his defense and i think curry can play well next to luca but yeah, obviously yeah but yeah. you need that you need both of them you need the four spacing you need the athleticism that hardaway brings i don't really know what they do what going forward to be honest with you their defense is just terrible yeah i don't okay so i don't think they need hardaway i think they need a guy that can do what hardaway does offensively yeah but play yeah so it's not like oh if we lose like we have to keep Hardaway forever we cannot let him go when in reality it's like no what you need is a guy that's Hardaway but better 
and can also play defense. <laughs> He's giving you the blueprint. Yeah, so but, it's like, well, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah. so it's like, I don't want to get hung up on like, oh, we can't move on from Hardaway. It's like, no, mm-hmm. if something better comes along, you need to move on from Hardaway because y- you can have like one weak link in your starting lineup, but is is Hardaway the guy that's okay with, you know, or maybe is he the one you need to move on from? It's funny because there's been, we've gone back and forth with the Hardaway thing all season like some some stretches he's definitely the shooting guard of the future yeah for the Mavs and then some stretches is like you know what I don't really think so anymore yeah and and for me I'm I'm as much as I love what he brings offensively I think he's just too much of a liability on defense and as the season has progressed the more mental lapses he's made on the defensive end the less and less I am inclined to say hey yes he's he's part of the Mavs future long term I think the best case scenario and what I think is going to happen is he opts out this summer and if somebody offers that was your phone that was if somebody phone. offers him a little bit more than the Mavs are willing to sign him for I think they let him walk. Yeah, I mean I like you know, it's uh, okay, sentences. Um <laughs> I go back and forth on it too because like I said it it's to win a championship and and I know that's not this year, but that's what you're building towards. To win a championship, it's not like every single player has to be an all-star. You can have one guy that's kind of like, eh, he's not great, but he works for them. And so sometimes I think like, yeah, Hardaway isn't perfect, but as long as all the other four spots on the court on the court are solid, I think he's great because of what he adds offensively. But then it's like, well... If you're investing a lot of money mm-hmm. or a lot of minutes, or if he's your third best player, then I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a good deal. If he's your fourth or fifth best starter, but that's you know for Hardaway, mean, like for if if you could get this Hardaway, but coming off the bench, that yeah. would be the ideal I know, scenario, and that's and, and it doesn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> like, and and that would be the ideal scenario. Yeah. That way, when it's crunch time, if he's on, if he's having a, a great night and and things are going well. You may decide to keep him in there that night in the last five minutes or whatever. Yeah. But overall, you wouldn't want him on the court because of his liability on defense. Ideally, you would have him offensively, but somebody way better defensively. And I don't know who that is. I think a sneaky guy that uh, is a guy we played uh, a couple of nights ago is Malik Beasley mm. because he, he can light it up a lot like Tim Hardaway, maybe not as well or as uh, good on the offensive end, but defensively, he's he's just a, a massive upgrade over Hardaway, yeah. and I think he'll be affordable this summer. Yeah, I, I think the ideal player is a combination it's of... It's Clay Thompson. Well, yeah. It's a combination of Hardaway, Curry, and Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, and, and think about it, like, that's the ideal player, and right now, they have to try to use three spots yeah. to fill that one well, player. Well, I think I think Curry can be a starter. Yeah. I think Curry can be the starter. Uh, and I think Dorian can be a starter. Oh, but, yeah. I'm but, just saying, like, ideally, if you could combine them, like... But I think it would... Yeah, it would be great if you had Clay Thompson out there instead of Tim Hardaway. Or Bradley Beal or... What's another shooting card? You know, all those type of guys. Yeah. So... Anyways, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I think it was a tough loss. I think the Mavericks had a chance to win. 
especially there going into the fourth. Mm-hmm. But Miami's really good. And then this is if what what really bothers me really is the Hawks game. Yeah. Because if you win that game and you lose, it's it's okay. But we can't we can't create consistent winning streaks. We haven't really since we won ten out of eleven back in in November or December. Yeah. Yeah. And ever since then we've basically been playing five hundred basketball. Yeah. And I really think that 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 Hawks loss is gonna bother us more than than we want it to. Because if we had won three in a row going into this game, okay, you lose against the Heat on the road. But now this loss has such a bigger impact because tonight the Thunder lost. Yeah. And and if if you had won the Hawks game, even if you lost this game, you'd still only be a half a game behind the, the Thunder. But now we're still a full game because of that Hawks game. So Why did I think they were tied with the Thunder? They weren't. They were, uh, oh. I think, a half a game or a game behind them. Yeah. I mean, either way, like, yeah, what you're saying. So so that, that game really yeah. bothers me. They're a and full game behind. Yeah, they're a full game behind. And if we had just played... Porzingis or Luca, and again, they're, well, they they weren't one hundred percent healthy. Well, yeah, and Luca did say that his ankle is legitimately bothering him. So, but I it's get like, it. at what point is it about winning? And yeah. and you know, I just, I, it just frustrates me. Yeah, because the so many things they've done over the last five years, their main goal isn't winning; it's about doing things the right way. And it's like, what does that even mean if you're not winning? Yeah, it's they definitely have a process that they're going to stick to no winter matter loss. what. Winner loss. Yeah, yeah. And, and we talked about that. Actually, the very first episode we did of this podcast, it was kind of venting that frustration of like, Carlisle had a certain way that he wanted the game to go in terms of minutes and starters and rotations. And he was going to do that, win or lose, no matter what. And it was so frustrating. And and I think this year has obviously been better. Their record is is pretty good, but it's just little things where it's like, man, I wish we could just make that adjustment. Mm-hmm. The the Hawks game, I think it bothers me less knowing that his ankle really was bothering him. And if the player says that, I feel like it's a little more legitimate than just the coach saying it. So I think it actually was a problem, but who knows? It's a I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And and like I said, as we came out of the All-Star break, these first 10 games, I think we're really going to determine where the Mavericks stand in the seating because you have such an easy schedule. Now, this game was one of the really only tough games you had in these first 10 yeah. games. And so that Hawks game, to me, hurts even more. Now we have, we have a four-game stretch after this game that – the Mavericks really have to take advantage of. Yeah. They have the Timberwolves on Sunday in Minnesota, 2.30 start time. They have to win that game. And then they have the very next night, the Chicago Bulls. And what concerns me about that game, Chicago on the road, is the fact that it's the second night of a back-to-back. You're probably not going to see Luka and, For the Mavs. and Porzingis. Yeah, well, Carlisle did say that because the previous game – is an early, early game yeah. that they might play. Okay, well, you I have guess the to. half day makes a difference. Yeah, I, yeah. whatever. But you got to you got to win that game. Yeah. And then after that, they have Pelicans at home, Memphis at home, which is not a guarantee. They have an easy schedule, really, to finish out the season. Yes. But I, you know, I think Cuban said that what matters to them most going into the playoffs is being healthy 
and getting hot at the right time. Like they don't really care about seating or matchups, which has uh, obvious clearly. Like, they, like you don't have to tell us that is obvious. And so, I I mean, to me, it seems like they really don't care if they finish fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth. I, I think it is important. You got to get Luca healthy. Yeah. Because a healthy Luca is unstoppable. Obviously, we've seen that this year. Yeah. Now that Porzingis is healthy, we got to get Luca 100%. If we can get both of them 100%, they have a chance against anybody yeah. in the playoffs because those guys are just so good on the offensive end uh, of the court. So I, I definitely agree with that. I just don't like the mentality of the goal not being winning. It's it's about other things. The goal is to be healthy. The goal is to get rest. The goal is to make sure your bench guys play a certain amount of minutes. The goal is this. The goal is that. And it's like the goal should be to win the game. And to me, it yeah. just I feel like we lose focus of that sometimes. And so decisions where coaches in the past where they would sense – the game, they would feel out the the way the game is going, and they would make decisions based on how they're feeling. And in this case, let's say he's he senses that my bench unit sucked in the first half. Why don't we ride this starting unit for just a couple minutes to start the fourth, maybe build a little bit of a lead, yeah, and then come in with the bench and get our guys a short rest. You you ended up giving them the same amount of rest. Anyways, yeah. because you brought him in early. Well, I feel like he brought them in early because it was going so poorly. I think he left the bench out there for a lot less. No, it was a lot shorter. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. But in the past, I think coaches would make gut decisions. He would just decisions. go into the fourth yes. at the same. Yeah. He would be like, the way we ended that third yeah. was so dominant. I'm going to ride these guys just a couple minutes, try to build this lead, and then we'll come in with the bench for two and a yeah. half minutes. And that, to me, used to be the instincts, the gut instincts that a coach would have. But now we play, oh, now it's the start of the fourth. How many minutes have yes, you played? Oh, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, but, you know, you're on the road in a hostile environment. Look, I, I understand he's playing a little bit of hurt, but this is what happens in the playoffs. You know, yeah. this is how you got to play. And and if there's no real risk of re-injury or getting even more hurt, let him go out there and tough it out. And that's just what bothers me with the way yeah. the league is, is it's taken away the the instincts of coaches and players because it's all about how many minutes and how much rest am I going to get? I mean, that that is true because I was thinking like, well, Porzingis and Luca played 38, 39 minutes. But like you said, if he had played them a little of like a few more minutes to start the fourth, taking them out. And then they end up getting a longer break maybe and then come in. Like basically they came in earlier than they usually did. So if you just transfer those minutes from that point switch, to yeah. the, yeah. But I mean, that's we're saying that after the fact. I don't know. Maybe in the moment but it's again, harder to make that call. I, I felt this way as soon as the quarter was over. I was super concerned oh, okay. because I was like, man, this bench unit is going to come. They sucked in that first half. Yeah. I would really hate to lose all this momentum going into the fourth. So my instinct was you know what, I'm going to go with this unit still just a little bit further and not think, oh, rest, 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 rest. Yeah. You know, but, and I think in the past, Carlisle would have made that call. I don't know. He's always been kind of a, a stickler with the way he does things, but that's the stuff that, that bothers me. When your main goal isn't about winning the game, then you, you take away decisions sometimes that can help you win games for another decision that has a different goal in mind. 
And Luca's freaking 21 years old, okay? Like, he can play more minutes. Back in freaking 2006, 2007, 2005, sometimes a star player would play the entire second half. Why? Because the team was wanting to win the game, and that was the best way to do it. I'm not saying you need to do that every night, but from time to time, you should do that. Just my opinion. Sorry to go on a rant. Uh, here's another question, and then I feel like we've talked enough about the game, but um, the, like everybody started kind of slow. Do you think that either A, they started the party early last night, <laughs> or B, they were just looking ahead to the party and weren't really focused? I don't think it had an impact on anything, okay. yeah. You don't think Miami nightlife is undefeated? No, no. I mean, if, nah, nah, I think they had nothing to do with yeah. it. I think they, they're all professionals and wanted to win True. the game. Um, anyway, so yeah, I, you know, in some ways it was just, it wasn't their night. Like no, Luca, it, the yeah. thumb and they had good shots and you know, they just didn't go in. Like Luca was over six on threes and I thought all those threes were good. Like, and they just would not yeah. drop. Um, Curry had a great night. They, I mean, they did a lot of good things. I just thought, um, that fourth quarter stretch, some shots just didn't go in, and then the, uh, the the Heat's zone defense, and really their defense down the stretch was just amazing. So it was it sucks because we want them to move up in the standings, and it's like, God, another opportunity passed yeah. them by. And so that's why it sucks to me. Maybe they don't care about that at all. I mean, I'm sure they care about losing, but... Yeah, I, so. I, I don't see how you couldn't, Yeah, you know, but they're, sometimes their decision-making... They're always thinking about it's only year one. I mean, I get that. I'm not saying that you should play these guys 40 minutes a night. I, I just think there should be some flexibility. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's the game. Uh, let us know what you think about it. Again, on Twitter, I'm at underscore Sydney Myers. Martin is at Martin L. Myers. Let us know what you thought of the game, of their bench. What do you think of this Curry versus Hardaway thing? One of them coming off the bench or staggering the minutes. What do you think Carlisle should do? Uh, the Mavs' next game is coming up. Who did you say it was? The Timberwolves? Timberwolves yeah, on Sunday, so 2.30. Hopefully they can get that on win. On YouTube TV. Oh, yeah. So apparently there's a lot more people on YouTube TV than I thought. We have YouTube TV, and they lost Fox Sports Southwest. But someone tweeted me just tonight saying they temporarily extended their deal. So at least for a little while, Feel we still have it. Feel bad for all the people that ended YouTube. up canceling YouTube TV immediately. So anyway... We'll still be on YouTube TV. Otherwise, I guess we'll switch to Hulu or something. But this episode is not sponsored by Hulu. Um, yeah, so that's all. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating or a review. If you missed past episodes, they're on DallasHoopsCast.com. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.